Hello, and welcome to the Sunday Sermon Cast from Bethel Evangelical Free Church on Washington Island, Wisconsin. I'm Rick Smith, and I've been here at Bethel since 2016, enjoying this great church on this spectacular place off the northern tip of Door County, Wisconsin. This message comes from our Sunday morning service here on the island, and it's geared towards discovering what the Bible has to say to us in our everyday lives. So, God's blessing on you, and thanks for joining with us wherever you are today. Let's pray. Father, as we come now to your word and your scriptures, may we hear from you. May we see you and may you speak to us this day. And we give this time to you through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, I've chosen this for my text today. And for some, a kind of an odd text, Jonah. Uh, Jonah is not necessarily a a Christmas text, but one of the things I I wanted to, to look at him is... Well, one, it's just a very interesting story, and, and each of the prophets point us towards something that is coming, uh, many of them pointing to the Christ child, but, but the hope that is in God through all of this. And one of the things about Jonah's story is, is for those of you who know it, he, he wasn't always being faithful to God. In fact, the call that he receives, he pretty much turns his back on, and and at the end of his life, he's filled with this bitterness towards God and what he did. And, and I think as we think through the dynamics of Christmas and, and the time that we have, the, the expectation of joy that we're looking for, I think there's something instructive in, in Jonah's message and his response to that that can give us perspective as, as we live our lives here. So if you have your Bibles, if you'd open to, to the book of Jonah... It'll be about halfway through your Bible, maybe a little further back. And this is the message that came to him. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, "'How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God!' Maybe he will take notice of us and we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. This terrified them, and they asked, What have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, What should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, The men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried to the Lord, 
O Lord, please do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, O Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. But the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountain I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you brought my life up from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. And my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim it to the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very important city. A visit required three days. On the first day, Jonah started into the city. He proclaimed, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. The Ninevites believed God. They declared a fast and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. Then he issued a proclamation in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let any man or beast, herd or flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give their evil ways and their violence. Who knows, God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. But Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. He prayed to the Lord, O Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? That is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I know that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, Have you any right to be angry? Jonah went out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a vine and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the vine. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm, which cheered the vine so that it withered. 
When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, It would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Do you have a right to be angry about the vine? I do, he said. I am angry enough to die. But the Lord said, You have been concerned about this vine, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and many cattle as well. Should I not be concerned about that great city? Jonah's not the longest of the books in the Bible, certainly. He's part of the minor prophets, and the minor prophets are called minor as we've said before, not because they're less than, but they're shorter than the, the books like Isaiah and Ezekiel and Jeremiah. But what we find in Jonah's story here is, is a, a call from God. God has a message that he wants Jonah to do, and it's a very specific thing that God wants him to do. I want you to go speak against this city because there's wickedness going on there. Jonah would have known that. Uh, the reputation of Nineveh and the Assyrians would have been well known to Jonah and all the people around him. We discover as the story goes on that he hated these people. And he understood that giving them a message of warning, well, if you give a message of warning, then maybe there's an opportunity for them to relent from the calamity that they're destined for. Because if God just was going to destroy them, he would do that. Why send a messenger if there's not an opportunity to hear the message? So Jonah gets this call, and it's a very specific call for him. Sometimes in our life, we wonder, what is God's call in my life? And and I think there's some basic things in our life that God is calling all all of us to. God has a will for all of us, and that will is to know him and love him and to walk with him. That's, that's, that's God's will for you and for me. And that's, that's, that's his will. His desire is that everyone will come to know him and the, the love and the peace and the grace that he has for us. That's God's will. But sometimes God has something specific he wants us to do. And I think one of the things we see from Jonah is if he does, we're going to know it. A lot of times people wonder, have I missed God's will? Have I missed what God wants me to do in my life? Well, are you walking with him? Are you, do you know him? Is part of your life, are you devoted to living for him and, and being able to help others to see who he is? Because that's his will for you. And if there's something he's specific he wants you to do, you're going to know it. It's going to be pretty clear to you. As we see in Jonah's story, but also as we see in, in, in others of the prophets that God called to specific things. Sometimes God just communicates to this. How this happens We don't know. His spirit communicates with us. This is God. If God wants us to know stuff, he'll know. He might use someone in our lives to say, I I feel like God is telling me this, or this is something that you might be good at, or maybe this is an opportunity for you. But in Jonah's life, he had a specific call. But again, we, we get to those Ninevites, and Jonah wanted nothing to do with them. And God told him to go east. And so he went west. Assyria would have been east of, the, of where Jonah was in the land of Israel. And so he gets in a boat on the Mediterranean Sea. And his destiny is to go 
west to get as far as possible. And he's on this boat, and uh, apparently he has told the, the, the guys on the boat that I'm running from Yahweh, my Lord, and I just want to get as far away from where he wants me to be. And they set off on their journey. Uh, it was a cargo ship. They would have been delivering things, and, and this storm comes up. And the storm is, is so strong and powerful. Even these sailors, sailors know storms, and they know that they come up. But something about this storm had them terrified and had them looking and calling out to their own gods. And the captain comes to Jonah and says, What are you doing sleeping here? Interesting, uh, centuries later, we will hear a similar story to this in the Gospels. As Jesus is with his disciples and they're in the boat and, and a storm comes up on the Sea of Galilee and he's sleeping at the back and some of the disciples come to say, what are you doing? Don't you care that we're going to drown to death? And Jonah knows this storm is, is about him. That as God has told him what to do, he's made a free will choice. I don't want to do it. <laughs> And I'm not going to do it. And God doesn't say, well, that's a disappointment. I'll find someone else. He says, nope. He says, that's disappointing. I still want you to do it. Interestingly, as Jonah begins his flight from God, not only is he putting himself in peril, he's putting others at peril. One of the things about us in our relationship with God, as we move away from him towards disobedience, there's ramifications and consequences. And many times these consequences are not just on us. But our sins, our actions, our disobedience can bring others within our circle into some kind of trouble or danger. Maybe it's our family. Maybe it's our work people. But our actions have consequences. Well, the other sailors, they, they're trying to figure out what to do. How do we take care of this? What are we supposed to do? And they draw lots, and they cast these lots, and it, these lots indicate, Jonah, you're the one. What do we need to do? And he says, throw me overboard. And they're like, no, there's got to be something else. And they toss more cargo off. But eventually the storm is so bad, they, they do as he says. And as they cast him off, the sea becomes calm, which really freaked the sailors out. <laughs> You know, as fearful as the storm was, and, and I mean, a lot of times in our lives we think, is God doing this, and, and, and is this going to work? And, and to see this action all of a sudden turn about and this raging storm becomes calm, again, there's a connection to that gospel story with Jesus where he doesn't toss himself out of the boat, but commands the winds and the waves to be calm causing the disciples to ask, who is this that even commands the winds and the waves? God's power is, is mighty and, and, and is visible here. 
Well, what's to become of Jonah? He's tossed in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the sea. There's no way for him to, to recover from this. And, and, and it says that the Lord provided a great fish. Um, doesn't say it was a whale. It says it was some kind of fish, and he was in the belly of this fish. And somehow he's surviving this. Do we know how this happened? I don't know. This becomes a point for many people to say, obviously, this is ridiculous. Who would believe such a thing, that a fish would just come up? Well, part of the deal is, what's your approach in the first place? Do you believe God exists and that God created things and is active in this world? Or do you believe that God just set things in motion and let us off for ourselves? Or do you believe that God exists at all? Because that becomes the crucial point. Because if God exists, what is it for him to provide a fish to be able to, to, to bring this man up? In a similar way, Jesus tells, when he's asked about paying the tax to, to the temple, uh, tells one of his disciples to, to go get a fish and, uh, and to open up its mouth. And they find a gold coin in this fish's mouth. How does that happen? Or how does other things that we're talking about this time of year, the incarnation, that, that God became man, is born of this virgin, how does virgin birth happen? These are all mysteries that are, that are beyond us naturally. There's no way this, this happens naturally. And so we have to say it's unnatural. But that if God exists... It's possible for him to do this and to work this out. Well, Jonah, in the, in the belly of this fish, begins to pray and prays for deliverance and, and, and places his faith back in God. And verse 9 of chapter 2 says, What I have vowed I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord, and he's rescued. And then God says, All right, now that we got that out of the way, I want you to go to Nineveh still. And he does. And we would say, if we were sending Jonah as a missionary to Assyria, we would say he had a fantastic ministry. He had a successful ministry. All the things that we would want to measure ministry by, it was fantastic. He'd tell them, this is going to happen because of your evil ways. God is going to bring disaster upon you. And the people were like, oh, that's not good. Let's change. And even up to the king, a response is made to his message. Well, there's hardly a preacher or a missionary alive who wouldn't love to have that kind of response to, to the message that he brings, to, to hear from the Lord that this is the response. Turn your eyes to him. Except for Jonah. <laughs> because he hated these people. The Syrians, the Ninevites, to him were a detestable people. They'd been very bad to them. They'd, they'd overcome them They're at different points in their ways. They'd laid siege to the people of Israel, uh, many of them killing themselves, many of them starving to death because of the sieges. These were a very wicked people. They did horrible things. And 
Jonah would just as soon they just get wiped off the map. And so when, when God relents, when God shows compassion and care because of the response, he's angry. And bitter. He's disappointed with God. And starts walking around, head between his head down, wondering, God, why would you do this? I knew you would do this. Why would you do that? Jonah was, well, he was kind of focused on a very little story, wasn't he? His story was about him and what he wanted to see happen. Which is, I think, what happens to a lot of us. That, that we think about our worlds and, and the only thing that we can think about is me and my circumstances. And not understand that there is something bigger and larger out there. That, that because of God's existence, because of what he's doing in and through this world, that, that he's got other things he's doing. And that we are a part of something much larger than just ourselves. And that sometimes he calls us and puts us in places to bring his message, to be part of his larger, grander story. But he doesn't want to look at that. He just knows what they did. And he doesn't want them to receive graciousness. He doesn't want God to relent. Bad things happen to us, don't they? There's bad people out there, some within our country, some in other nations, and they do horrible, detestable things. And part of our desire is that they get theirs, that they get their just rewards for what they've done, the hurts that they've caused people. And we forget that in this larger story, We do have an enemy. We do have an adversary. And one of the things that we discover about him is that he deceives and blinds and tells people, did God really say that? Does God really exist? You need to choose yourself. You need to grab things for yourself. And there's deceptive and captivity. And as we look at those who are bad, they're captives. And they need the same message. This message that God knows who they are and where they are and that their actions are not okay. But also that this God knows they exist. And the message is there to help them. Walter Wink tells, and this comes from Philip Yancey's book, What's So Amazing About Grace, tells of two peacemakers who visit a group of Polish Christians ten years after the end of World War II. Would you be willing to meet with other Christians from West Germany, the peacemakers asked. They want to ask forgiveness for what Germany did to Poland during the war. 
and to begin to build a new relationship. At first, there was silence. Then one pole spoke up. What you are asking is impossible. Each stone of Warsaw is soaked in Polish blood. We cannot forgive. Before the group parted, however, they said the Lord's Prayer together. When they reached the words, Forgive us our sins as we forgive, everyone stopped praying. Tension swelled in the room. The Pole, who had spoken so vehemently, said, I must say yes to you. I can no more pray the Our Father. I can no longer call myself a Christian if I refuse to forgive. Humanly speaking, I cannot do it, but God will give us his strength. And 18 months later, the Polish and West German Christians met together in Vienna, establishing friendships that continue to this day. We approach this time of year and we talk about joy and the things that are good about this world, but the truth is that many of us have these things in our life that we're embittered over, that are hanging on to us and and are not letting us get past. Like Jonah at the end of this story. To see this, this, this wicked group of people turn their lives around towards God made him angry. Because this bitterness had taken root in his life, there was no way he was going to allow love to be for them. In your life, do you have this kind of bitterness? Is there something that you're holding on to so stridently because of what's happened that remembering God's larger story of bringing redemption forgiveness to all, the same redemption and forgiveness that he brought to you? Because when it comes down to it, all of us have done to God Exactly what Jonah. On some level, exactly what the Ninevites have done. Putting ourselves before him. Hurting others as we sought to take care of our own. And yet Jesus came to bring life, peace, forgiveness, and joy. That's what we remember in these candles. That's what we remember in this time of year and the coming of the Christ child and the Christ child whose connection to Christ the man and, and Christ the sacrifice and Christ the risen one. All part, this ongoing work that God has, this big story to redeem just not you, but everyone. That's his call, that's his desire, that's his love. And, and you have a part in this. And so I, I ask you, again, as you get together with family or not, are there things that have happened that need to be forgiven and let go of?
And do you need to listen to what God might be calling you to in the next steps in your life? Let's stand for closing prayer. Father, thank you for this strange little story of this man who walked away from you and you brought back. Lord, help us to view the bitterness he had and ask ourselves, am I Jonah? Is there someone, is there some group that I hate? We know that you loved this whole world so much that you gave your one and only son that whoever believes in him might not perish but have everlasting life. You did this for the whole world. Lord, fill us enough with your love to be able to see that you have this grand plan and desire to work in our life, to work in us, to work for us, but also to work through us. Guide us this day, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks again for listening. And to learn more about how you can connect with Bethel Community Church, check out our website at islandbethelchurch.com or join us for a service, Saturday night at 6 or Sunday morning at 1045. Hope to see you soon. God bless you.